You're listening to Life Church Podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. Okay, we're just going to jump right into this thing this morning with you. We're very excited about this. We've put um, a good bit of time and energy and thought and prayer into this. Uh, and we really feel like that we've got something that's very solid and very user-friendly for you uh, to help you to grow and to mature. You know, the big idea this morning, even though we're not officially preaching you a sermon, uh, is that everyone should be in a discipleship process. Every believer should be growing and maturing, uh, and uh, we should see fruits of that growth and that development in our own lives, and others should see that as well. Uh, so this is all about growing, all about maturing. So for just a, a couple of minutes here, let me take you through about four scripture references that really admonish us and exhort us to grow and to mature and to be disciples, all right? And one of the most simple and straightforward passages that are that's a real exhortation uh, to this kind of thing is is found in Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1 where it says therefore let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity so there there is definitely a starting place there's this elementary place for us where we where we begin this journey with the Lord Jesus Christ but the idea from scripture is that we are constantly growing we're constantly moving forward and and the reality that we have uh, that we want to bring to you today uh is that God loves you too much to leave you right where you are he is constantly working with your life and constantly drawing you closer to him and in deeper relationship with him. So this idea of maturing is, uh, is kind of spattered all through the scriptures. Now, the obvious question, once we look at that and accept that we are to grow and to mature, uh, the obvious question that we need to ask is, well, how are we going to do that? How is that going to happen in my life? And so Pastor Dave and I have taken a very serious stand on that, and we've taken uh, it to heart that we are responsible to help you to grow and to mature. Ephesians chapter 4, beginning at verse 11, says, He gave the apostles, he gave the prophets, he gave the evangelists, he gave the pastors and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So there's this wonderful idea here throughout this passage that some have been given in order that they may be responsible for teaching and equipping others in the body. But the idea is that we as a whole, as a body, are growing together and we're reaching a level of maturity that allows us to be fully functional in the kingdom of God. And we do this work of the kingdom together in the power of God's love. And so we take it very seriously 
as your pastors and as your teachers uh, to do this, to equip you, all right? And, uh, and we believe that we're going to be able to do that and do it better because we have a process here now that we're going to be taking you through over a period of years. This is a, this is a long haul process here. This is an opportunity for you to find out right where you are now and give you the ability to go where you need to go or where you want to go with God. Colossians chapter 1 verse 28 is kind of the key verse that we've landed on as we are trying to to implement this process with you. And that passage says, Him, meaning Jesus, we proclaim. This is the verse I read to you at the beginning of the worship service today. Warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. That was Paul's goal uh, with with the New Testament church. And that's our goal. Mine and David's goal is to present you as mature Christians, as mature in the Lord Jesus Christ, all right? And so we want to... We want to come along beside you. We want to join with you in doing that. Uh, And so we've developed this process, if you will, to help us do that with you together. Finally, at the the close of of Peter's writing in 2 Peter chapter 3, he says these words, and I'd, I'd like to encourage you in this as well. He says, grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's what we're asking of you today. As we present this to you, it isn't something for you to take a packet and go, well, that's sweet, that's, that, that's pretty good, but just walk away with it and set it aside or stick it in the back of your Bible or it falls in the floor of your, your car or whatever and just stays there. But this is actually a beginning point that today, Day begins a process for all of us and that we are growing in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So as we're doing that, let's now talk a little bit about Life Church and in particular, uh, not only Life Church, but why a discipleship plan like this in Life Church, all right? So Pastor Dave's going to kind of talk to you about that a little bit. Right. So, so we've heard the scriptural mandate that we're supposed to be growing, we're supposed to be maturing in our faith. Um, so the question comes up, why, why a plan in Life Church that's really linear and strategic and has boxes that you check? And after all, can we really make a process for making a disciple? Because this is something that happens internally that the Spirit does inside you. And, and discipleship is very personal. So uh, at the outset, you could look at this and think we're just making an assembly line for believers. Um, that's not what we're doing. Um, we're doing, first of all, well, we're doing two things, okay? So first of all, uh, we're trying to be intentional about our vision and our mission here at Life Church. And if you look at the first page, um, it says that in that big green arrow, uh, we glorify Jesus Christ by making disciples in our neighborhood and beyond. Um, and you'll notice that's just a twist on Jesus' famous last words in Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, the Great Commission. Um, we're accepting that like Christians have for 2,000 years, that that is the mission of Life Church, that we would make disciples. Um, the only thing is, uh, there's sometimes that's a little bit up in the air about how you go about making disciples. And so this process here for Life Church is not something that every church has. You're, if you're here today and you're from a different church, your church might have something totally different, and that's not wrong. Um, this is just a plan, one of, one of many possible plans that we could come up with. And so we want to be intentional about making disciples, and that's what's coming out here. Um, one of the things that Pastor Bill and I have noticed is that too often, we as Christians assume that we're growing in our faith um, when perhaps we haven't been. 
I'm not yet there. I, I don't necessarily not believe in God. Maybe I, I believe in God. Maybe I believe in Jesus Christ. Maybe I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. But I don't believe that I need Him to forgive me of my sins. Maybe you're just in some place there where you've just not entered into that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ yet. Well, we are excited that you are here. Uh, we want you here with us, and we're glad that you're here with us today. What we, we want to do is we want to just invite you that you would just relax and that you would just listen to our plan uh, to help Life Church to grow and to mature and to make a difference in our neighborhood and, and our city and around the world. And uh, we love you. We love having you here with us. And we hope that you, by listening to us today, that you realize that we have a real genuine care and concern for you as a non-believer. Uh, and having said that, then we want to go into this process with Life Church now. And so those of you who are in Life Church, you believe that this is your church, you're committed to this church, maybe you're a covenant member, maybe you're a regular attender, maybe you're a random attender, maybe you're peripheral or whatever. Uh, right now, we just want to take you through this process and let you know that we are intent on connecting with you and trying to help you grow and mature in your life. All right? So we're going to start with this infant stage, and we're going to take you through a little description of the infant stage uh, and each stage after that, and we're going to talk to you a little bit about how you and I as the rest of the church needs to come around that particular stage. Uh, we're going to give you a little bit of scripture, and we're going to give you some points that you will see on each page as we go forward. Uh, this is your packet to keep, all right, and to use as a reference point. It is not all-inclusive. It is not perfect. It is not totally complete. It is simply, simply a tool that we're going to be using as Life Church together so that we're all kind of on the same page in this process of growing and maturing. So let's look now at the infant stage. Yeah, so if you'll turn there in your packet to the, the first stage of development, the infant stage, um, we use this language because when the New Testament talks about becoming a Christian, it often uses the language of the new birth. Um, it's kind of confusing to some people in the New Testament. When Jesus says to Nicodemus in John 4, you must be born again, he has issues with that. Like, you know, how is that going to work, Jesus? You know, um, do I have to enter back into my mother's womb? You know, I don't, I don't understand this. Um, and so it's, it's a bit confusing to the people in the New Testament, but it, it makes good sense, and it's a good analogy for us to use now because um, when you think of birth, um, Though the baby is a participant in the birth, the baby is not actively giving birth. Um, the baby is not born just on its own will, but it's born at the great cost and labor and pain of its mother. And likewise, you are not given new birth as a Christian just on your own. You don't just decide, well, I'm going to be a Christian today, and so I give myself new birth. Um, but rather, you are given new birth at the great cost and pain and labor of someone else in his name, is Jesus Christ. And so that's why we talk about um, the language of new birth, and that's why we can address you, some of you who are new Christians, as infants in the faith. And the scriptures uh, refer to this in places like 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 through 2. But I, brothers, Paul says, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Additionally, 1 Peter 2, verse 2, talks about the diet of newborn babies. It says, like newborn infants, you should long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. Um, and that is our prayer for you who are infants here today, um, that you would uh, 
digest this pure spiritual milk and grow up in your faith. Um, now, if you are an infant Christian here, it's likely that you've only been a Christian for a matter of weeks, days, maybe months. Um, this is not a stage that you should stay in for years, okay? Just like infants in the natural, you shouldn't stay here that long, okay? Uh, we want you to grow up. We love you. We think you're cute, but we want you to grow up, all right? Um, if you're, if you're a brand new Christian, you probably think a lot of this is, is just beautiful and wonderful, and you might even be a little bit naive, thinking that we're all practically perfect in every way, and just hang on a little bit. We'll, we'll let you know different, um, and, and you'll start seeing some of the warts of the church and some of the warts of other Christians, and you'll start having some questions and, and encountering some difficulties. But right now, what we want you to do as an infant Christian is just to drink milk, just to uh, take what we give you, that's, that's the foundational truths of Christianity, drink it in and grow and be nourished and develop. Now, for those of you in here who belong to another stage that we're going to talk about here um, in the f- next few minutes, it's very important that you all learn how to handle infant Christians. Um, this is something I had to do when my little sister was born. Uh, I was eight years old when she was born. And one of the first things they told me was, look, you can't handle her the way you handle um, other little kids. You have to hold her neck up and be extra gentle with her, and you can't just let her head flop back. You have to be very careful with infant Christians as well. Um, one of the things about infant Christians is they're in the most fragile and, um, and difficult stage in their life. Their, their faith is very new. It's vulnerable to a lot of different things. Um, attacks of the enemy, their old sin habits, their old friends coming back in on them and saying, what are you doing? You don't really want to do that Christianity thing. And so they're very fragile and very vulnerable. And so the last thing we would want to do is express the gospel to them and then see them come to faith in Christ and say, okay, see you later. Uh, you know, you wouldn't do that. Um, you wouldn't just leave them on, your, uh, on, on their own just like you wouldn't leave an infant uh, on your doorstep um, or just put them in the room by themselves and say, breakfast is at 7. You know, we'll see you there. Um, this is a stage w- that takes a lot of encouragement surrounding a believer and, and a lot of extra attention and care needs to be given to believers in this stage. And, and um, additionally, you have to have in your head all the time that this is an infant Christian. Um, these are people that come into the church, and they use cuss words at church um, because they're infants. They don't know any better. They're a bit ignorant, okay? Um, and so you need to not be offended and look down your nose at them or shame them. You just need to calmly, gently, lovingly correct them and help them understand how to, be, uh, how to, how to live out the Christian life. Um, they're kind of messy. Um, anybody have kids and not ever encounter a mess? Um, I haven't. I get them all. I, you know, I have messes all the time. My kids aren't infants anymore. Um, but this is, a, this is a bit of a messy stage, but it is a beautiful stage, and it's a wonderful stage for the church to get to see because there's new life and growth, and um, it's lots of fun, and it's enjoyable. So we love having infant Christians around. We just need to know how to properly deal with them and treat them as if they're infants, helping them grow up in the faith, okay? Um, let's look at... Uh, a couple of the checkpoints for you who are infants. We're not asking you to do a whole lot at this stage because you're babies. Um, you basically eat and sleep. So this is, this is what we have for you to do. Um, I have repented of my sins and confessed to Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Okay, so you've been justified according to the scriptures. Um, I've been baptized and become a covenant member. And that's one of the first things we do with you. Um, you, bring you bring you into the church at the same time when you're baptized. Then uh, I am beginning to share my new faith. Um, now, this might seem on, its, on, a, on the front side, hey, 
are they ready to be sharing their faith? And the answer is yes. Um, new believers are encouraged always in the Bible to share their faith from the very beginning. Sadly, they're also the best at it, which I think is a really sad commentary on the rest of us. But they, they get excited about Jesus. They've just come to this new life and been given new birth by God, and they're excited about sharing their faith. And oftentimes they put people like me and Pastor Bill to shame. And we're like, man, how come we're not sharing our faith like these infant Christians? You know, um, they've got it down. Uh, so we encourage them to share their new faith, and they're identifying sin issues in their life with the help of the Holy Spirit and the rest of the church, just lovingly surrounding them and helping them say, this needs to go, this needs to be um, cultivated into your life, this is a vice, this is a virtue, and, and we need to move away from vice and towards virtue. Okay, uh, so that's a little bit about the infant stage. For those of you who are infants in Christ here, I want to pray for you and bless you. Uh, we love you, we love having you, and we want you to grow. Uh, so let me just pray for you here uh, in a moment. Father, we thank you uh, for these new believers. Uh, we thank you for these infants in Christ that you have given new birth uh, into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And we thank you that this new birth has been made possible by your son Jesus and that um, these people have, have uh, come to Life Church or come to faith in Life Church. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to be diligent, to help them grow, to surround them with love, care, support, affection, encouragement, and that we would be diligent to watch out for their lives as they're in this very fragile stage of their faith. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so now... Um, we're going to the next stage of development, which is the uh, child stage. Uh, we're transitioning out of infancy, and we're going into this stage of, of spiritual growing and developing now. And First uh, John chapter 2, verse 2 says, uh, I am writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for my name's sake. We begin this stage, the child stage, uh, trying to grasp this tremendous love of God and what he has done for us through sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins and to forgive us. This is an amazing, amazing stage of discovery. We are learning things in this child stage. Ephesians chapter 4, we made reference to earlier uh, in the presentation. It says there that, So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Folks, we see here the great vulnerability of children. Uh, they, they are gullible. They will believe a lot of things. It's really important that we as a church are gathering around them and guarding their tender hearts, these, these wonderful fertile grounds, this soil that is, that is wanting to be enriched and, and wanting to, to grow. Uh, we need to make sure that they are getting true spiritual food. And so there's a great responsibility that comes with this stage as the child stage is, is developing in the church. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14 says, I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. 
And we bring this to your attention to say this. It is really important to have that that parent stage that we're going to talk about here in a few minutes. Uh, and, and you as a church, you especially who will identify in a few minutes with the parent stage, we need you to gather around those in the child stage. We need you to help us as pastors and teachers, uh, as fathers and mothers, spiritual fathers and mothers gathering around these because they are in this place of vulnerability, all right? And here's the thing that's unique about this stage, this child stage, is that you will continue, hopefully, uh, throughout all of your maturing process, you're going to continue to identify with this stage. So even as very mature Christians, there's aspects of this particular stage, the childlike stage, that you will want to revisit and renew in your own life from time to time, all right? This is that stage of much, much spiritual discovery. It's a stage that many of us find ourselves identifying with now. I would, I would speculate that many in the room today would say, I think I'm a child in this spiritual process, all right? And I think this is where I land. Even though your chronolo- chronological age may be adult, uh, you may identify very much with the child stage, all right? And the thing about the child stage is that, that they are no longer totally dependent and boy, are they on a huge learning curve at this stage. This is a tremendous, tremendous opportunity and time for learning and for growing. However, the downside of that is that oftentimes those in the child stage, because of their desire for independence, as they learn a little bit, they might have a tendency to become a little bit arrogant are a little bit judgmental, are a little bit critical because now they know something. And there's something about knowledge that makes us think that we have it or that we know it. And so they may tend to want to just jump in there and, and spurt out some things and think that they maybe know a little bit more than they really do. But we as the church, has, we have to come around our child stage people and help them to grow and discern, but also to sometimes recalibrate or correct their thinking just a little bit. Now, we do that in a number of different ways. But that is, is a marker of the child stage, is, is that of uh, a great deal of zeal, but not necessarily a whole lot of wisdom. So, uh, so let's look for just a minute here at some of the, the pointers that we have here for, for developing this, okay? Um, in the stage of child, we're going to ask you that you listen to Discipleship 101. This is on a podcast. The Hitchcocks have developed a discipleship process for us as Life Church, uh, our, our discipleship classes. And what we're going to do is if you're in this stage, if you haven't already done that, we're going to ask you to, to download the podcast and listen to Discipleship 101. This is a, a place for starting to learn uh, the truths of God's Word. All right? We were going to ask you, and uh, regardless of chronologically where you are, we're going to ask you to read the storybook Bible, all right? Uh, The Jesus Storybook Bible is this phenomenal Bible. Uh, Every story in this Bible points to Jesus Christ, okay? Uh, And and we've we've done this, so this is tried and tested, all right? We've had someone come into our office, tell us that they didn't know the Lord. Uh, They were led to Jesus by someone in the church. They came in and sat down with us then and talked to us, and when they did, we said, hey, 
this is an adult person now. We said, hey, the first thing we would like for you to do is read the storybook Bible. We gave it to them. They took it home. They read it cover to cover. They came back, and it was profound, the impact that this Bible had on their life. And then they were ready to go deeper. They were ready to go into deeper things. Uh, But but it's a wonderful way for you to get a good big picture uh, of the Scriptures and of what Jesus Christ has done for you. Uh, So we'll ask you to read that. And so, folks, if you're here today and you're in the child stage, you're identifying with that, or maybe you're in the parent stage already, and you go, well, I've never read that storybook Bible, uh, we would like for you to do that. We would like for you to get one from us, and we would like for you to sit down. If you're about to enter that grandparent stage, this is going to be great. Because you as a grandparent in the natural will be able to really, really relate to your grandchildren and talk to them and communicate them the stories within the scriptures. So it's good for all ages. So this is one of the things that we're going to ask you to do in this stage is read the Jesus Storybook Bible. We're going to ask you to join a life group. This is, this is an amazing opportunity for you to move into community with others within the church. Now, I remember raising my own children, and uh, when they were very young children, they were quite timid to enter into a group with other children. Oftentimes, we had to encourage them and push them a little bit to, to enter in. Uh, some of our children just enjoyed us. They just enjoyed giving us orders and telling us what they needed from, from us. Uh, so we had to help them to, to learn how to live within community, within, a, within the context of, of a larger group of people. And so we have to do that as a church as well. And it would be very difficult for you to be able to help someone to understand how to live in community if you're not doing that yourself. And so we want very much to get you in a life group, to get you involved with a smaller group of people so that you are growing and relating uh, in that kind of dynamic. We want you at this age to develop a simple prayer life. We give you the PRAY acronym. There are other acronyms that you can use or other methods or models of prayer. The key here is not which one you use, but the fact that you are praying. That is the key, is that you are developing a prayer life, a very simple uh, but sustained prayer life so that you are growing spiritually. And then... The other thing that we really want to encourage you to do is we want you to become a giver. We want you to give on a regular basis and in a cheerful manner, all right? So we want to help you to get to that place where you're able to give in some way, either financially or in some other uh, resources you have that you are giving uh, back into the kingdom of God, all right? So those are kind of the points. Maybe you're identifying already with this place of being a child in your spiritual development, and if so, let me pray for you right now. Father, we thank you for all the children those in the child stage of development. And we ask you, God, that you continually open their hearts to be able to enjoy and learn and receive the vast revelations of your word, your truth. We pray that you would put in the hearts of those who are spiritually children today uh, a desire for you more than anything else on this earth. We ask you, Lord, that you would help them to be diligent, to develop those kinds of habits that would allow them to grow and to mature and to move on into other stages. We ask you, God, that you would help those in the church who are at, at higher stages of development to embrace them and to love them, not to 
see them as annoying or exasperating, but rather that they would see them as those who are eager to learn and uh, full of energy and passion and very much usable for the kingdom of God. Lord, would you help those as they, as, as they grow in knowledge that they would also grow in wisdom, Lord, and that we would be able to help them in that process, Lord. So thank you for the children today. Thank you for all of those who are in the child stage of spiritual development. Bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. On to the teenage stage. Um, We've defined this as uh, being marked by changing and maturing. You know, teenagers, um, God bless them, they get a bad rap, don't they? For a lot of different reasons. Um, But they're going through a ton of different changes in their lives. And those of you who are parenting teens right now, you can just say amen at any point during this, uh, this little session on teens. Um, they're, they're going through changes physically. They're going through changes mentally, um, uh, psychologically, spiritually. And so in the midst of all that turmoil and change inside them, they can often exhibit some negative symptoms, some rebellion, um, some risky behavior. And so obviously sometimes we think of the teen stage as, as a bit negative. But really, from a developmental standpoint, all they're trying to do is become a mature human being. Um, and you might think, if you're a parent, wow, they're doing an awfully weird job of that. Um, you know, becoming mature by doing that thing or whatever. But what they're, they're just trying to mature. And so um, if we take that, that look at the Christian life cycle and, and young people in the faith or teens in their Christian faith, this is a remarkably positive stage in a Christian's life cycle and one that's absolutely essential to the finishing, the maturing of their faith. Um, the Bible speaks about young people in their faith in a few different places. First John chapter 2, verse 12 says, I'm writing to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you young men because you have overcome the evil one. Or one of my personal favorites is First Timothy 4, verse 12, where Paul says to his spiritual son Timothy, Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. And we pray that over our teens in the natural as well as our, our spiritual teens. Um, now, if you're a teenager in the faith, um, one of the big markers that you will identify with is the presence of doubt in your life, um, especially as it concerns your faith, that you will have begun to run into some questions and some doubts. Um, you're trying to own your faith. You're no longer wanting to just swallow it uncritically, whatever your parents taught you or your grandparents, or, or you're not just wanting to buy into the faith because your friend paid you to come to church or whatever. You're wanting to say, hey, I really believe this is the truth, and I understand this is for me, and I'm grabbing a hold of Jesus for myself. And that's why the stage has so much um, positivity to it. But that also brings along uh, some big questions. Um, and so you're going to begin wrestling with some really difficult questions. And what we at Life Church want to encourage you to do is not to run from those difficult questions, but to run to them. I mean, after all, we believe that Christianity is the truth, and so we're not afraid that you're going to discover that it isn't. Um, we have no fears about that. Uh, the truth can always bear scrutiny. It can always handle questions. And God is, God is so big, he can handle any question. All right, he's not afraid of your big questions. And so you need to ask them, but what you need to do is you need to ask them in the context of community, at your life group, in the church, bring them to uh, parent Christians and grandparent Christians and wrestle through those questions. Don't just, don't just stop and say, well, I'm a doubter. 
and, and whatever. And sometimes we see teens do that. They just choose to be a doubter rather than really engaging the process and wrestling through it. And you'll, you'll find that. You'll ask a teen, well, what do you doubt about the Christian faith? Well, I, I heard from my friend that, you know, um, maybe there isn't that great of evidence for the resurrection. Or I, I heard something about um, this or that or whatever. And they'll just list off something that they heard, but they haven't really thought through it and they haven't really dug into it. And so for the rest of us, what we need to do for, for teens in their faith, um, especially as it comes to doubts, is number one, don't dismiss their questions. All right? Don't be dismissive of their questions. They have these question, questions for a real reason, and God is actually leading them to a more mature place in their faith in them searching through these difficult questions. And so um, don't just tell them they're being silly or they're thinking too hard and they just need to have faith. They're trying to develop faith. And faith always exists with doubt nearby. Um, I actually don't think it's possible to have real, true faith if you've never doubted. It just suggests that you swallowed it uncritically, that you just bought it without ever thinking through it. Um, Because if you are thinking through it, you will recognize that there are difficulties with Christianity as there is with any faith, okay? As there is with atheism, which is also a faith, okay? Um, So what you need to do as, as people in any other stage is encourage these teens to ask the questions, And if you don't know the answer, don't pretend like you do. Also not helpful, okay? And I know what it's like to get questions that you don't know the answer to um, and that feel that pull, well, I should just kind of make something up. Don't do that. They will figure out that you're wrong and they'll come back and tell you um, that they actually found the real answer and you were way off. Uh, so, So just don't pretend that you know the answer. Say, I don't know. That's a great question. Um, But guess what? I am committed to helping you find the answer, and I'm committed to plugging you in with different people in the church who can help you find the answer, who might know the answer, okay? So journey with them. Search it out with them. Don't Don't just give them pat little answers. They're done with that stuff, okay? That was in the child stage. And those of you in the teen stage, you may even wish that you could go back to your childhood sort of, um, stage of having this naive faith where where you didn't have all these difficult questions. Don't long for those days. God is trying to bring you to maturity, okay? And so, yes, you didn't have some of those big questions when you were a child, but that's because being a kid is a lot of fun. And now you have to deal with some real issues and and grow up, and God wants that to happen. All right, let's look at the checkpoints for you teens. You're doing a lot more than just doubting. Um, You're actually very busy in the life of the church here, and um, you're very busy... uh, with a lot of other disciplines that are helping to strengthen and grow your faith. Um, we've said that you've read the whole New Testament at this point, and that's why you're familiar with some of the difficult arguments and, and difficult things that are coming out in, in the Christian faith. Um, you've read Mere Christianity, um, a great book written by C.S. Lewis, who is one of the foremost uh, atheists of the 20th century, turned into a Christian, big-time skeptic and doubter that um, Jesus reached and, and made a Christian and became one of the best authors of the 20th century. Um, so you want to read uh, Mere Christianity. Also, The Cost of Discipleship by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, uh, one of the renowned theologians of the 20th century, also um, a Christian martyr in the 20th century during the World War II era, or right towards the end of it. And then um, we have you read Radical by David Platt. This is a book about uh, living authentic Christianity, a Christianity that works, a faith that works, like James talks about. And then um, The Prodigal God by Tim Keller, uh, who talks about, um, or really helps us unpack what the gospel is, how it reaches those who are both religious and rebellious um, from the prodigal son, the parable of the prodigal son in, in Luke 15. So we got you busy reading in this stage, um, but you're also doing other things. You've taken the spiritual gifts inventory, uh, which is just a little thin book that we give you 
Um, I believe it's put out by Lifeway, and it just helps you discern what are your specific gifts, what has God made you good at, and put on your heart, and how can you serve in, in God's church that way. Um, you're skilled in communicating the gospel, so you never graduate from communicating the gospel. You just get better at it and more skilled at it. And, um, and at this stage, you should be able to communicate it effectively, and you should be sharing it with people. Um, people in your community, people in your circles, um, and, and praying about opportunities to share it. Um, you're serving in some capacity in life, church, whatever that may be that you're called upon. Um, you're active in church outreaches and events, and you have a daily consistent time for prayer and scripture. Um, this is key to developing that faith, especially in the presence of those doubts. You need some of these disciplines that are going to hold you um, when, when you're working through difficult questions about the faith. Um, you're giving significantly. Ten percent is recommended. You know, we don't teach a tithe here at Life Church, um, but we feel that the New Testament teaches generous, cheerful giving, um, at times sacrificial giving, and, and so we think that a tithe is a great discipline to remind us all that everything we have belongs to God, and so we're just merely stewards of everything that God has given us, and so um, we suggest ten percent at this stage in the Christian life. Um, you're seeking mission opportunities both locally and globally, and um, looking for opportunities to go do those kinds of things, serve Jesus in other um, settings and other contexts. And then you're accountable in your sin struggles. At this stage, some of the vices should be rooted out of your life, okay? Um, but you probably still have some vice, some, some sins that are nagging, and you're battling them um, perennially and, and trying to get through those things. But you should be accountable. Someone in your life group, someone in the church, someone close to you that doesn't just say, yeah, I struggle with that too. Cool, let's go. Uh, and, and, and then you're done. But someone who says, look, this is serious. You know, the enemy wants to destroy us with the sin, so you're accountable to those, those, kinds, of, uh, those kinds of people who are going to hold you to those things in this stage. Um, those of you in the teen stage, we want to pray for you. We feel like we have a good number of you who are in the teen stage in your faith, and we love you. We are excited that God's maturing your faith. We're not afraid of your questions, and um, we want to pray for you and bless you here today. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the teens uh, in their faith here at Life Church. We thank you that you have brought them to this place where you're wanting to mature and finish their faith, uh, to make it their own, and um, you're wanting to grow them up, Lord, and so they're wrestling and they're struggling and they're in a bit of a difficult transitional um, growth time, Lord, uh, but we know that you're in this, God, and so we pray that your Holy Spirit would just work in their hearts that you'd help them to wrestle through the questions, that they wouldn't be afraid of them, but that they run to you with them and to their community. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, that brings us to the parent stage. So if you'll turn to the next page, uh, we'll look at that for just a few minutes here. Um, this next stage of development, uh, which is a very adult stage, all right, uh, it transitions us out of that, those teen years and um, I believe it transitions us into something that is a much more intentional and uh, very effective life and kingdom work. Now, you all know that with a, uh, parenting comes a great deal of responsibility. Um, and uh, we find, you know, at times there are those who don't want to go into that stage too far uh, because of that, because of the responsibility and the weightiness that it carries. Uh, but we believe that this is a very crucial stage in the life of the church. This is a stage where people begin to take on the responsibility of positions and offices within the church. This is where our elders come into play. This is where teachers rise up and, and take uh, the helm of an 
area of responsibility. Uh, so this is, this is very, very important, very crucial to how we continue to grow. Um, and, and one reason it's such a crucial stage is that the, the parent stage is marked by reproducing. This is that stage where disciples really begin to make other disciples, all right? So you have a tremendous, tremendous impact on those who are in stages below your stage. Um, and so we, we want very much to see you coming into this stage uh, because, in all honesty, Pastor Dave and I need your help. We want you to be empowered as, as mature Christians and as parents uh, to do the work of the kingdom of God. It's really, really important for that, okay? Second um, Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, Paul says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith. A faith he's talking to Timothy now. He says, a faith that dwelt in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And now, I'm sure, dwells as well in you. just want to point this out here that we see, we see Timothy being... Uh, 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 discipled by his own mother, uh, Eunice. We also see the grandmother here. And uh, this is a wonderful uh, example of a legacy that's being handed down generation from generation to generation. And that's what we want to see spiritually happening within the church as we see each stage of development uh, handing down uh, the truths and giving guidance and giving direction to those in lesser stages. shouldn't actually call them lesser stages, but stages that are prior uh, to the parent stage, uh, so that we are seeing this generational interaction between those in our church. We would love to see a great deal more of intergenerational action. I would love for the little children in Life Church to, uh, to be very comfortable and, uh, and, and able to, to come and ask questions questions of those in in other uh, stages of development. I would love for us as 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 older Christians, uh, as sagely Christians, as parent Christians, uh, that we could realize that we have a great deal to learn from those who are in stages that are prior to ours. And so we see this wonderful interaction start to happen uh, in the various generations, all right? Um, so let's uh, look also at Philippians chapter 3, verse 15. Um, Paul speaks here to the church at Philippi, and he says, let those of us who are mature think this way. Now, what is he talking about? He's just talked about the reality that he has not arrived, that he's not perfect, he's not complete, he doesn't have it all. But what he's done is he's realized that in that place of not being complete, yet being mature, that he does something very significant, and that is he puts the past behind him, and he looks to the future. And I think this is a wonderful stage where we as, as, as parent Christians are able to, to put all the stuff behind us that we don't need to carry uh, so that we're freed up, that we can be lights, if you will, and examples, that we are living a life that is open and transparent and honest be, for those who are coming up in the faith, and that we are able then to have this kind of attitude of submission and humility humility where we're saying, although I haven't learned it all and I don't have it yet, I'm still able to press on for the prize and the call of Christ in my life. And so there's something I can do. And so you begin as a parent to live out of a sacrificed life. 
All right? You've laid your own life down for the sake of others. So we want to help you be able to do that. So let's go through some of these points here uh, for those who are parents and, and who are in that place of reproducing and, and making disciples who are mature, mature believers in the faith. First of all, we want you to have read the entire Bible. Cover to cover, we would love for you to have read the Bible through, even the parts that are really dull and boring, okay? Just, just get through them, all right? Plow through it. Let's get through the whole Bible. And then let's, let's start over. Let's keep reading the Bible through, all right? We believe that in the parent stage that you need to be uh, spending time daily in the study of God's Word, not just in a devotional uh, but the, you actually have a consistent process of studying God's Word, that you're going through books or chapters of Scripture uh, consistently, and you're growing. And by this point, you really should have developed a pretty decent systematic theology for yourself, and, uh, and you're able to talk and dialogue with those who are bringing questions to you at this point, okay? So we give you a number of books to read in this particular stage as well. Uh, one of them is Richard Foster. Foster's book, Celebration of Discipline. We want to make sure that in the parent stage that you are developing a, a tremendous level of intimacy with God. And so we want you to look at the various disciplines and how you may incorporate them into your life and into your particular stage of development. All right. Uh, not only that, we would ask you to read Knowing God by J.I. Packer. Okay. Uh, this is a, a, a wonderful, wonderful primer for you. Uh, and we would love for you to, to get into that that as well. Uh, another little book we're going to ask you to read at this level is uh, How to Be Rich. Uh, this is a great book to help you to begin to open your heart to being generous, to be able to understand how to handle uh, all of the vast riches that God has put into your life, whether that's financial uh, things or whether it's spiritual things or whether it's life experiences. You're rich in all of that uh, by the time you are a parent, and uh, we want you to begin to understand how to utilize all of that and how to expend it in uh, the kingdom of God. So, uh, How to Be Rich uh, by Andy Stanley. Uh, another book we're going to ask you to read in this stage is Radical Together. Uh, in, the, in the teenage stage, we ask you to read Read radical, a personal uh, uh, challenge or mandate to live authentic Christianity. This is a challenge to live it in the context of community. This is this is saying, hey, I'm going to live the same way I live personally in the community of faith that I'm living with, and together we're going to live authentic Christianity in our neighborhood, in our city, and beyond. Okay. And the last one that we're going to ask you to read, uh, not the last book you should read, but the last one we're going to ask you to read in this stage is uh, Francis Chan's book, Multiply Our Life House, is leading a, a, a study in this book right now. A number of you are in that study. A number of you are reading it on your own because it's the recommended reading this particular month in Life Church. Uh, so we hope that the rest of you will get on board with it and utilize this book as well. Again, a, a great book to lay some good foundation for you right there. All right, after that, we also believe that you need to continue to develop a, a vibrant, consistent 
consistent prayer life, that you're continuing not only to pray, but, but pray with others and pray in community events and those kinds of things, that you're going to continue living a fasted lifestyle, that you're going to be a person who is willing to sacrifice uh, and, and give more of yourself to others, that you're continually going to be involved in discipling young believers as a parent Christian. Uh, we want you to grasp that identity in your mind and in your heart, but we want you to translate it in action uh, by becoming a spiritual parent uh, to someone else, okay? So even if you're a single individual, but you're living in this parent stage, then we want you acting like a parent uh, and giving yourself to helping others, all right? Uh, we want you to have a strong and consistent personal evangelism going on in your life. We want you sharing your faith with others. And we're going to, by the way, uh, offer some opportunities for some hands-on work of training and helping you and equipping you to be able to do evangelism in various ways, all right? So we're not just going to say, hey, you got to do this and then kick you out the door and say, go do it and leave you there. We're not going to do that kind of stuff. We're going to make opportunities available to you uh, so that we are equipping you to do the work of the ministry. Serving faithfully where needed in life church. At this point, uh, and that, that's key, the way we phrase that. At this point, it's not just a matter of I'll serve where I really enjoy serving or I'll serve where I really like serving or I'll serve somewhere where I'm not doing the things I do every day. No, we're saying at this point, I see the need for Life Church to have a certain type of ministry or there's a certain place where there's a void or, or, or whatever, and I need to jump in there. And even though that's not really my forte, I will do that for this window of time or this season of opportunity so that Life Church continues to be fully functional and can offer everything that it needs. I will sacrifice of my own desire or my own pleasure or my own preference in order that others can be evangelized and discipled for the kingdom of God. And then you move a little bit further in this concept of missions and global awareness by saying not only will I search out an opportunity for some type of missions work short term, but I will give to, I will pray for, and I will be involved in global missions. Now, as a side note, let me just say something right here. Uh, this summer, I'm going to be going to Brazil, and I'll be teaching there uh, in a conference in Sao Paulo on prayer and evangelism, uh, and uh, I'm taking Andrew with me, and uh, Andrew will be going with me, not to, well, to accompany me. I don't want to go by myself. Uh, so he will accompany me over there. But Andrew is going with the intent of being introduced to the leadership over in Brazil, uh, getting to know them. We're going to be doing some ministry in the slums of, of uh, Rio de Janeiro on the second week that we're there. Um, and uh, he's going to understand and grasp the ministry that is available to us there. Um, and then he's going to come back here with the intent that Andrew is going going to lead short-term missions trips through Life Church. This is something that we really, really want to see uh, restored or renewed in Life Church. We're confident that you need to reach this neighborhood, but we're confident that that is not sufficient for Life Church. We have too many people that are going to be going out globally. Uh, when, when the Slabas and others end up in Muslim countries, we're, and they're established and they have a solid ministry going, Andrew's going to be taking teams there as well. 
uh, if something opens up in another country for us. Uh, Andrew's probably going to go with Pastor Dave to Africa at some point because he's going to see opportunities that are there. We're going to develop this so that you, whatever age you are chronologically and whatever stage you are in spiritually, that you have an opportunity to do short-term missions work, all right? So that's a very, very big part of the process when you get to this point of being in the parent stage, all right? So if you're recognizing yourself today in the parent stage, uh, this is where you're landing. I want to pray for you right now. Would you bow your heads and let me pray for you? Father, we thank you for this very critical and crucial stage of spiritual development And we ask you that you would bless in a very special and powerful way those who are spiritual parents today in this church. Would you utilize them, Lord, for your kingdom? Would you equip them and help them in every way necessary, Lord? Would you help David and I to know how to come around them, Lord, and to walk with them as they are being very intentional about serving in some capacity in life, church? Would you help us to know how to help them to prepare, Lord, their hearts and their minds for reproducing in life, church, and beyond? I pray for every one of them, Lord, that they arrive at a place where they are truly disciples making disciples. I pray, Lord, that you give them much boldness, much courage, much strength, much perseverance, God, and a willing spirit and a sacrificial heart, God, so that they may serve faithfully and fruitfully in the ministry of Life Church and even beyond. Bless them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. One last stage, the grandparent stage. Um, You know, I talk about this stage as a travel agent would talk about a destination they've never been to. Uh, I am far from a grandparent in the faith, uh, but I hope by by God's grace that someday I could be a grandparent in the faith, that that he would give me that, because I just love thinking about what this stage is like. Um, I love imagining it, and I think it has something to do with that. I love uh, looking at and watching grandparents in the natural sense. I mean, they're just some of the most beautiful people, really. Uh, they, they, uh, they have a maturity about them, so they're not so hung up on their issues. They, they have, they have um, usually they're happy people because they don't worry about things. They don't let the, the small things bother them as much. And most of all, I find that they're just really giving people. Um, grandparents just are always giving something. They're giving time, a listening ear, wisdom, money, resources, whatever it is. Um, but they're just constantly focused on giving. And I think that the, the, the Christian uh, grandparent life cycle stage has a lot to do with that as well. Now, this is a stage about giving and investing, and you'll see that on your sheet. Now, we run into um, some grandparents in the faith. Pastor Bill already read this scripture, but I'll remind you of it. First Timothy 1, verse 5. Paul says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. So Lois had passed on this faith to um, Eunice. Got to get that name right. It's not a common one. But Lois had passed on this faith to Eunice, and then, and then we can just see you know, Lois teaching her grandbabies as well. This is what it means to follow Jesus, and this is the gospel, and, and let, me, let me help you to understand this, and this is how to have wisdom. Um, additionally, the Colossians chapter 4, verse 12 says that Epaphras, this guy named Epaphras, had um, done a lot of work to get the gospel to the Colossian church and is sort of a grandfather there. He says, uh, Paul says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, 
always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature, fully assured in all the will of God. So here's a grandparent praying for, for these believers to become mature. And that's what grandparents are doing. They're not thinking about their own growth anymore. They're praying for and seeking and contending for the growth of others and wanting to see them mature and wanting to see them grow up. And so it's just really outward focused. Um, it's a beautiful thing. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 31. We see a smattering of verses like this throughout the scriptures as well about gray hair, um, which we usually in our culture dye and make a different color. Um, but gray hair in the Bible was a, a huge honor because you recognize that this person has a lot of wisdom and they have a lot to offer. And we've lost some of that in our culture um, because we've sort of said, oh, you know, age is no good and, and, and I get all that. But we need to reclaim some of this thing about, hey, when, when people are grandparents in the faith, you should long to, everybody in the other stages, you should long to get an hour of their time. You should want that. You should want to be next to them, near them, watching their life. Um, this is what Proverbs sixteen thirty one says. Gray hair is a crown of glory. It is gained in a righteous life. Okay? Um, so this is a beautiful thing, something to be celebrated by the church. Now, let's talk to you grandparents in here for a second. Um, I have some good news up front. Uh, none of you perfectly represent this stage. Um, so there's room for you to grow. That's the good news. All right? But some of you are beginning to step into this stage of being grandparents in the faith. Um, if you're here and, and you find yourself uh, kind of identifying with this stage, you have been a mature Christian for a number of years. So God has brought you to the place of maturity in your faith and then has granted you years of living that out. It's um, Christian maturity plus years and years of sanctification, which is just God making you more and more like Jesus. And so this is a wonderful stage. I think it's the most um, awesome stage in the Christian life because this is where you get to see with your eyes um, all the good things that God has put in you given out. You just get to give them away. You get to give of your wisdom, of your time, of your, um, of your life experiences, of your money, your resources, and you just get to watch all the good that that does. And how fun of a time is that? Now, of course, as with any stage, there are dangers in this stage as well. And one of the great dangers is that you would take this stage and sort of do in the spiritual sense what we're encouraged in America to do in the natural sense, and that is retire. Now, I think not having to have a job that you have to go to every day is a great thing. I think that's an awesome thing because it frees you up to do what, what you want to do, which as a Christian is to serve God in his kingdom. Um, but we never retire from Christian mission. We never retire from our lives as Christians and what God has called us to do. And so the big danger would be that you would just sort of coast your way on out and say, well, now that I'm retired from my work, I sort of retire from all that, that hard stuff at the church, and, um, and, and the vision for my life sort of dwindles down and, and sort of um, ends on a downward slope rather than on a crescendo. And uh, here at Life Church, we want it to be the opposite. We want you to see that your life, as you grow in Christ, as you mature in Christ, as you enter into this grandparent stage, you see that you have more and more and more responsibility, more to give away towards the end of your life than you ever did towards the beginning of your Christian life. And so um, you end this stage well by giving. We would hate for you to get to the end and stand before Jesus and, and say, uh, Jesus says, what did you do with this, this stage in your life? And you have nothing but a collection of seashells to show him. Uh, that would be a, a huge indictment against us as pastors because we failed to help you to steward this time 
and all the good things that God has put in you to give away uh, for this season of your life. So we want you investing this stage well. We need you. We love you. We want to be around you. We want to become like you, um, speaking from someone in the other stages of growth. Okay, so now let's talk to all the rest of you who are not in the grandparent stage. Um, It is very important that you look to these people with honor, Um, that you look to these people to grow from them. It's very important that you do your best to try to get around them, okay? It's on them to give away what God has put in them, all all the good things that God has poured into them over the years of their life being a Christian, but it's on you to try to get around them. All right, they're not going to force you to learn from them. So you need to come with a humble attitude and say, look, I need to learn. I need to grow. You have walked with Jesus for a long time. Can you tell me um, why, what you think about this? Can you tell me uh, how I should go about doing this? I need wisdom in this area. All right, that should be something that's present in the church. And so uh, the rest of us need to seek to learn from you grandparents, and, and hopefully you'll enjoy us coming to you and won't see that as a burden, uh, but you'll see that as a great blessing that you get to do that. Let's look at the checkpoints for you grandparents here um, in the faith. Uh, once again, this is not necessarily chronologically, but this stage often corresponds to that because it takes many years to uh, beyond maturity to, to get to this stage. Um, so grandparents in the faith uh, have many things that parents do. Um, they, enjoy, they maintain and enjoy a rich, abiding relationship with Jesus through daily time, prayer, meditation, the scriptures, the disciplines. Um, this is not a chore for you anymore. This is a great joy of your life um, as a grandparent to walk with Jesus every day. Um, they are selfless in, any way, in every way, focused on Jesus and others. Uh, ironically, grandparents never care about where they're at in the discipleship process. They just aren't thinking about that anymore. Um, they're thinking about uh, others and Jesus. And, and in this stage, they have the most um, opportunity for pride to think, wow, I've really arrived. Um, and, and wow, I'm, I mean, I'm just such a great person. And uh, one of you, I talked to you about people in this stage, and they said, yeah, the, the cool thing is they, they're really awesome, but they never realize how awesome they are. Um, and that's one of the ways you'll know that you're a grandparent is you, nev- you don't think a whole lot about yourself, which is you know, what C.S. Lewis says is true humility. Um, you're just looking at others and how you can give, and, and you're looking at Christ. And so um, grandparents are humble. They've worked through that vice of pride, and, and they're not um, sort of, you know, sitting up on their perch and, and proclaiming how great they are. They're proclaiming how great Jesus is. And they continue to read the Bible through annually. Um, you're spending most of your time giving away your knowledge, wisdom, money, life experiences to others. Uh, You live a fasted lifestyle still, deep knowledge of the Christian disciplines and church history. As I've said many times, this stage is not as much about growing, but it's about giving away a life invested well for Jesus. Okay, Um, so we want to pray for you, grandparents, because uh, there is great temptation in in this country that we live with with. uh, just the, just the things that will push you towards different things for you not to invest this stage for Jesus, but to just kind of hold it all for yourself. And we want you to give away the great things that God has put in you, your wisdom, your knowledge, your resources, and finish well the race that, that God has set before you, okay? So for those of you who are grandparents in the faith, let me pray for you here now. Uh, Father, we thank you for giving us uh, grandparents in the faith to help guide us, to give us wisdom where we, where we lack it, to lead us, um, to encourage us, to, to show us joy, uh, to show us more of what Christ looks like, honestly, um, as they have, have been developed more and more into the image of Christ by the sanctifying work of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray that each and every person in here who's a Christian would um, have the opportunity to grow into a grandparent in the faith 
and, and to see with their very eyes uh, all the good things that, they, that have been poured into them and to uh, give those things away to the next generations of, of believers behind them. Uh, we pray, Lord, that they would invest their lives well and not waste them in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's wrap this up now. And uh, then Pastor Dave's going to share the gospel here at the end. Um, but our goal, mine and Pastor Dave's goal, in presenting this to you and lay, you know, bringing it out to you today, is that we present everyone as a mature person in Christ. That's our goal. But why would we do that? Uh, Chris, can you throw the original uh, slide back up there? Um, it is to fulfill the vision of Life Church. This is our uh, desire, is that we are all glorifying Jesus Christ by making disciples. And we're going to do that in our neighborhood and beyond. It's that simple and that straightforward. We want to see you making disciples. And you're going to hear that over and over and over and over. You people are going to start seeing Pastor Dave and I coming your way. And you're going to go, disciple-making, disciple-making, disciple-making. Because that's, that's in our heart. Because that's, that's the scriptural mandate. And uh, so we want to just uh, encourage you now that you would join us in this process of discipleship. Will you please allow us to make you disciples for the kingdom of God? And so in doing that, we're asking you, every one of you, if you are a covenant member, a regular attender, a peripheral attender, uh, if you just came in today and said, wow, I think I like this place. I'm going to make this my church. We want to see you, okay? Uh, we want to see every one of you, and we want to spend, either I or Pastor Dave needs to meet with every single one of you, either individually or if you're married as a couple, uh, so that we can sit down with you. You're going to bring your packet with you. We're going to work with you to discern where it is that you are honestly at on this, this, this process. Uh, and how to move you forward and how you're doing with the process that we've laid out for you, okay? So uh, please join us. Get on board with us. Let's become disciples who are making disciples, all right?